you ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road may be. But without victory there is no survival. Now, we are the masters of our faith. My name is Rick Napier, the president and CEO at Real People USA LLC, located in Northern California, somewhere between Sacramento and San Francisco. And Real People USA, we have a platform and a and a uh, template which uses uh, the following: working hard, working smart, uh, communicating often, and having a strategy. So tonight we have part three of a three-part interview with Ruben Young, who's running for Congress as a Republican in Congressional District 23. That's Florida Congressional District 23. And Ruben and I, we're going to talk about uh, something a little more solemn than we did for the first two episodes, because this episode has a lot to do. Tonight's episode has a lot to do with uh, the latest developments and Ruben looking back on his campaign. So the first thing I want to do is just welcome Ruben uh, to the third part of three episodes uh, titled The Ruben Chronicles. So good evening, Ruben. How are you doing? Uh, Good evening, Rick. And I want to say good evening to your listening audience. It's always a pleasure to come to your your program to speak with you and speak to your audience. I find there's there's a lot of comfort, there's a lot of peace. I don't feel uh, threatened by the questions that you ask me and I just thank you for being the person who you are and trying to help the Republicans, uh, the real Republicans, this is real people USA, help the real Republicans take back uh, take back this country from the grassroots level. And so I'm not new to this, I'm true to this and I want to thank God for you, Rick, and everything you, you've done, you've done. This is a Ruben Young, I'm taking on Debbie Watson and Schultz in 2022 and I need your prayer. Absolutely. So Ruben, uh, one of the first things I want to ask you is that uh, you accomplished many first from the time we met back in, I mean, we met in October 2020, but we, we started working together more so around March, you know, February, March of 2021. And you have accomplished many first, about four or five of them, if, I, if my count is correct. Uh, please tell our listeners what are what are some of your significant first that you accomplished? Well, what I feel most proud of, I'm the first Republican to file this year for this seat. Um, this seat belongs to Debbie Washington Schultz. Although we have a lot of our Republicans believing that because a person continue, continuously runs for a seat that that person is, is inherent to occupying the seat when that may not be the person God won't in the seat because God knows my heart. But I'm the first Republican to run, uh, qualify, and file in this seat. And I'm the first one to file with the intent to do it by petition. I made history because I'm the first Republican to go out and run and let the state know I was running on petition and to waive the filing fee and I qualified. I got on the ballot. It took a year, Rick, but I spoke to over 50,000 people and I came out with enough people trusting me enough, believing in me enough to sign my petition. Then I became the 
the first person to qualify and get my name on the back. Those things mean something to me. And I'm the first Republican to take on and run in this district. We never had that before. And I feel proud of that, being the first Republican to do it by petition. So I'm the first to file, first to run, first to qualify, make me number one. And at the same time, first Republican to qualify for this district because David has this district since 2004. And I qualified, I got my name certified to be on this ballot. So you don't have to worry and try to think will I be on this ballot. Trust me, my name will be on the ballot. And I think all those who signed my petition believe in me enough. And I have a friend I want to call, call out. Her name is uh, Christine. And she was uh, uh, instrumental. She came through when I needed hope. She came through and I helped me with some of the numbers that I have. So I want to thank uh, Christine for all the help that she provided me and all the many others who signed my petition. So we can feel proud. You know, I need to say this. I traveled to Virginia and I helped a guy by the name of Glenn Youngkin. And they put me in Virginia uh, Beach and I was in a place called Salford, Virginia. And I was boots on the ground. And I went into neighborhoods that a lot of the uh, other canvases did not want to go in. And when it was all said and done, Glenn Youngkin became the governor, a Republican, became the governor of Virginia. And it was in part due to uh, the, the amount of work that went into Salford, Virginia, a place we have never won, had not won in over 20 plus years. And that's the place where they had me assigned. And I feel good about that. And that's another first in my hat. So I got a chance to see that Republicans can win and win big in these Democratic stronghold areas if we run and win together. This is not my race. This is our race. So I feel proud of that, Rick. That's right. And like like you said, I I saw you um, go through uh, some ups and downs and and the the ups and downs had nothing to do with you uh, being able to qualify. I was confident that you were going to be able to qualify because I saw uh, your work ethic and I know your past successes, working with people, working with different companies, uh, leading people. And I believe that Virginia uh, period of time, you went out and, and helped uh, the Glenn Youngkin campaign and you were a leader and, and, and partly instrumental for him you know, going over the top by you working with uh, all the people and going out to the communities and knocking on doors. So you have success, my brother, all in your DNA. I want to thank you uh, for that. And um, yeah, so like I said, I've seen you do your thing and I never had any doubt that you're going to be successful. None whatsoever. Thank you, Rick. I, I appreciate that. You know, and I, and I credit it to my father and my mother and my uncles and everyone that I grew up with, especially those that used to push me around, bully me around. Uh, that bullying taught me to stand up and stand up in a big way. And uh, I don't see that as a negative. I see that as a positive because if I had not been pushed around and, and that, and you know, and pushed around to the point where I, I had fought back 
And I, I'm still fighting back because I feel what's going on in America, they're pushing this country around, and that's time for me to stand up and fight back. So I, I just want to thank all those that made, played a part in my development and, and got me to this place right here so I don't have to use my fists anymore to make a difference. I can use my voice. I can use my mind. I can use my head. I can use my heart. I can use everything that I have acquired that's within me to help save America. Uh, I'm not going to cry about it. I'm just going to be about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the, the next thing I want to talk about is, you know, it seems like every two or three months there is somebody or some organizations. And by the way, I think when we talked uh, probably back in the summer of 2021, you were going to all these GOP meetings where there were about maybe 35, 50, 70 people, mainly insiders, mainly people who had their uh, fingers on the pulse or they had some type of function within the local GOP. And we both talked about that and we said, Ruben, stop going to those meetings. Those meetings aren't productive. You know, in, in fact, those people were probably spying on you trying to figure out what you're gonna do. And then you just stop going to those meetings and, and tell tell people a little about that. Okay, well, I wanna say this. If you are a first time candidate, and you running. I'm gonna say this right now, since we are on real people, uh, real people USA. You're gonna have some honest GOP members that's in the party that really want to see the party succeed, and you're gonna have those that's in the party who care nothing about whether or not that party or whether or not the party succeed because they're in it for the money. They're not in it for the same reason you and I are in it. And when I uh, started my journey in Miami Dade and Broward. I was coming into a lot of resistance. I mean, uh, they wouldn't even let me speak. I go to these meetings, I'm a congressional candidate. I'm running for the, the highest office in the land. I go to a local club meeting, GOP meeting, whether it was in Dade County, whether it was in Brown County. And I, and like I said, there's some good people out here uh, that really want to see the party succeed. But then you have those that work for candidates. They get paid from candidates and they're not supposed to be getting paid from Kansas, but they have on the side a consulting business. So they try to hide up under the consulting business and they'll do everything they can. All depends if, if they're getting paid by a certain candidate in the race and they'll block you. They'll trip you up. Uh, they'll give you a bad signature. They'll give you a bad uh, date of birth. They'll give you a false name. And when I saw that and after speaking with you and we came with a different strategy, this is when I began to go outside of these areas. I, I got outside of Miami-Dade County. When I got outside and started going to places like Martin County and going to places like Volusia County and going to places like Orange County, you know, Sarasota, you know, going, getting outside of Dade and Brown, I saw a total, complete difference. And it was that difference that turned this race around for me. It was that difference that put my name on that ballot. Because outside, I came in contact with a lot of honest, decent Republicans who are, who are excited and generated and filled with taking this country back. And when they tell you something, they look you in your eye. They give you a firm handshake. That handshakes are not weak and the palms are not sweaty. When they say something to you, you can take that to the bank. And I thank God for having an opportunity to speak with you. And you've been very inspir inspiring. 
I want to encourage every candidate, every GOP candidate, if you want somebody that's going to have your back, they need to come to you. They need to uh, get with somebody who's intelligent, who think on a corporate level. Your mind, your strategy, and the strategy that you have given me in this race, you know, outside of everything is because you want to help this country put the right people in place. And this is what you have done in my campaign. That's the difference. So it's been a lot of people that I've met since I got in this race. I don't know because I got a, an opponent in the race who's not doing any work, who's not out there doing anything but raising a whole lot of money and paying out a whole lot of money for <laughs> others to do the work. I chose I chose a different route. I decided to do it by petition, Rick, and I got a chance to get out there and engage. I got a chance to shake the hands. I got a chance to kiss the babies. That's what this is all about. It's, 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 it's sweet as apple pie. You have to get out there so people will know where you stand. I think at this time, a uh, whole year on past, people know I'm for real. If you need my help, I'm there. I just got through helping another friend in Ocala get her, uh, get her numbers, a great majority of the numbers that she needed to get on the back. Because I'm also like you, Rick. I'm, I'm true to this. I'm not a part-time Republican. I'm a full-time Republican. And that's why you're going to see when I get to that floor, that house, it's going to be different because I'm going to talk to everybody in my district. I'm going to get to know everybody by their first name. I'm going to every city meeting, every county meeting. I mean, I would not be AWOL. I would not be absent without leave, Rick. I'm going to be there. And I'm going to find out what, what's needed in this district so we can turn it around because it's been abandoned for over 20 plus years. And that's so right, that's getting ready right. to change. So, so your latest so I attempt... Like nobody else. Yeah, yeah. So your latest attempt, the latest attempt to get Ruben out of the race uh, without giving any names, just share with people for a few minutes what went down without giving any names, because people have been coming at you with these schemes all the way from yeah. Washington, D.C. and Virginia. People have been coming at you with these schemes. Oh, Ruben. Oh, you should do this. Oh, Ruben. Oh, that won't work. Oh, Ruben, your website sucks. Ruben, I mean, they've been coming at you. Oh, Ruben, why are you hanging out with her? Or her, why are you hanging out with him? I mean, it's just been a constant barrage. And when it was all said and done, you made it to the ballot. So talk about the latest situation that happened within the last couple of days. Okay, I refer to see one thing that people don't know about me, Rick. I'm not afraid of bullies anymore. Uh, when I was... Uh, and overcame my fear of bullies. I would say the bullies that moved on to uh, the other kids. Uh, why don't you pick up somebody your own size? I'm, I'm, I mean, back then I was like four foot eleven. I'm five foot five. Thank God I, I grew some more. But so I would say, why don't you pick up somebody your own size? Because I had gotten, I had gotten good with my fist. I was a practice at home, hitting the pillow. Work, working my fist so I got movement faster. So when people come at me, uh, like, they always come in with, with this college falling, raising all this money. Yeah, I had a firm out of uh, Virginia, Washington, D.C. I thought they was coming on to help me raise a whole lot of money. 
And the first thing stuck in my dead mouth was Carla Spalding raising all this money. Oh, you know, you ain't going to be able to beat her. I said, I thought you guys were working with me. I said, who are you actually working for? And when I saw how that was going, they separated their relationship because they wasn't able to get me out of the race. When I first got in the race, uh, there was another person that was sent to me by somebody who gave a gave a, a record that this person was a type, the type of person that could help me. And that person ended up after 45 days telling me to get out of the race. Uh, I'm not going to win the race. You need to get out, bail out the race, blah, blah, blah. And uh, But I didn't listen to him either. But then I had, just recently, I had a, a person I was asking to uh, help me. I, I needed a, someone to help manage my team. Uh, we got together, uh, took a whole lot of pictures. The person said, oh, yeah, you can use my studio. You can use all my equipment. Uh, we're going to do this. We're going to take this seat. And then recently, I just found out that he's called us falling uh uh, former campaign manager and wow I, was, I didn't know that and then uh, I had a guy who called me up Rick said that he wanted to help me with the help me get my name out with the churches but you know after, I mean we wasn't I wasn't around him that long I think I went to church with him about two times but the day uh, he didn't we didn't go to church he dropped me out to one of the black churches in the district and uh but before he dropped me off, he was talking about my website and he was talking about trying to set up these debates and he was talking about, oh, Spalding got all this money and blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's good. I mean, I, I run with my heart. I run with my commitment. I run with my head on the ground, my nose to the ground. And, but when I said to him, how is this particular person doing today? He said, fine. I said, do you know whether or not this person's going to run? He said, yeah, they're going to run. Uh, I'm helping this person too. And I said, oh, you are? Well, why are you with me? You working with somebody else. Right. So all this time, I have, I have all these people focusing on me. Now, I don't have a million dollars in the bank, in my campaign account. I go into the neighborhood, I do my own canvassing. I do my own marketing. I do my own promotion. You help me with a lot of my strategies. I mean, because you're from a corporate mindset. You should work in corporate, corporate, uh, corporate America. So I work in in, in in positions similar, but your level is a lot higher because you dealt, dealt directly with helping CEOs make companies better. And this is what you're doing for me, and I want to thank you. So I don't understand. I got all these fake friends sending all these bad people to me to mess my campaign up. I have all these fake friends giving me all this bad information and, and, and send me going with my gut. Uh, my instinct, because if you don't go with your gut, or if you don't go with your instinct, you make a mistake. Well, you allow other people to bring their experiences of how they deal with people to you. And you know how uh, you had to deal with over the years a different type of experience. Like I had a lot of experiences with people trying to trip me up. And I've gotten good at watching certain things, but I, I let others, because I, I try to trust their advice and trust their information. Give me the information that I realize I should have stuck with my own instincts or my own thoughts about what I'm reading in a person and I move in that direction. But be it that may, uh, I'm on the ballot. Uh, all that they did, stealing my petition, taking petitions, 
slowing me down, uh, stalling me in certain things that we're trying to do together. God still found it favoring me to give me the strength to still continue at my age. Give me the strength to get out there and make it happen. And I'm going to show them that God put me in this seat. It's not going to be. It's not going to be business as usual. It's not going to be business as usual, and they see me coming. That's right. That's right. So I want to thank you for that. Those those comments because it seems to me that you were dealing with a bunch of snakes, and uh, and that's that's the best way I can describe them is snakes. And I want listeners to know that uh, when it comes time to cast your vote for District Twenty Five congressional candidate. Ruben is true to the cause. He's running for the cause, not just because. And uh, it's right. Vo- Go ahead. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you. You're right. I'm not, I'm not yeah, running, running for, for the cause, the not just because. And you can find that statement mm-hmm. on his website. But the next uh, subject I want you to talk about, you know, recently within the last probably 30 days, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, implemented some election integrity enforcement where people can go to jail if they if they do fraudulent acts uh, with the elections. And we know that South Florida and other parts of Florida, there it's just a it's just a, 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 a business as usual when it comes to uh, election fraud with ballot stuffings and 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 registrations and uh, doing things like you said you saw in in that. Um, and that state race where your good friend was probably cheated out of a win. So please talk about your role in helping Florida have an election fraud division. Okay, well, you know, when I ran in 1990, I was uh, I was cheated of uh, being the clerk of the court. Uh, I was the first person to discover that that was an elected position and when everyone thought it was a, an appointed position. I used to work for the clerk's office. I worked there five years, I think five and a half years, and I had started getting involved with the unions and fighting for people's jobs and, and looking into uh, doing research. And so I came across uh, the clerk's job description. And I thought it was appointed too. But when I found out that position was elected, I made a mistake. I started telling everybody that the position was elected and not appointed. And, and when I filed, I was the only person in that race. And I'm the first African American to file and run for Miami Dade County Clerk of Court. So that's another first, another historic first. Like the first person to go on in history, Republican, qualifying for this race. By a petition, so I did that back in uh, in 1989-9. and I realized that they have been cheating a lot of people out these seats because I was in the runoff at midnight, and then uh, one of the commissioners, who was also the uh, chairman of the board for the canvassing board, they made a decision to put me in third place. They went and got a uh, got out of retirement a judge. And the judge is not the same as a clerk. And no one else knew what the clerk position was but, but me. And then they had to go get somebody like a judge. And uh, he was able to get past me with the amount of votes. But when they did a poll, I had just as much 
percentage that he had. So when they started, when they stole that seat. I set off on a journey to try to put an end to the fraud. And I've been on this issue. I've been like a lone soldier on this issue. But I kept filing complaints. I kept filing election fraud complaints. I was filing complaints almost about any and every candidate that lost, including my friends who I saw in a state senate uh, race, state Florida state senate race. I saw what they did in her race. They let a lady by the name of Austin, uh, Rosin Osgood, who never resigned from her seat as a school board member. Everybody else had to resign. What they did with her, they allowed her to uh, stay in her seat while she was running for state Tennessee in, in violation of the resign to run law. The first thing that they did, they committed a data breach, the same data breaches that they've been doing since 2008. I filed a complaint on that. I filed a complaint on her violating the, the uh, uh, resign to run law. I filed a complaint on ballot har- harvesting, absentee ballot fraud, mail-in ballot fraud. I filed so many complaints, and I kept the governor office informed every step of the way. I hey, let, hey, let, me break in for, let me break in for a minute and, ex- and explain this data breach to people because it's key that people understand this. Okay, so they uh, uh, somehow they got all the names of the people who are registered to vote in that area, and then somehow. Well, let me, let me Okay, so they got the information of the parents. See, uh, a lot of that information that the school board has in their system, part in part, is names, addresses, date of birth, voting registration information, allegedly. And those are the ingredients that you need to fill out mail-in ballots, to yes. fill out absentee ballots. So as long as you have a birth date, you can do a voter lookup. And you can get all the information you need, including the uh, the uh, uh, voter card number. And you can go to some undisclosed location with that ballot and vote for them. Or, or you can take a petition and sit somewhere and sign it for them. And mm-hmm. if you remember 2020, a lot of the people that were going to the, to, to the polls, those persons like elderly people or people who had not voted, in three to four years who gave up on voting, but they were still registered. They have given up on voting. They were voting for those people because they, they, they knew there was a high probability, allegedly, that these people wasn't going to vote anyhow. So that is how they've been committing the fraud and getting away with it. And when I saw complaints, nothing gets done. The local supervisor election, they turn a deaf ear. The state attorney's office, they turn a deaf ear. The Secretary of State, you have to now go to that level and file your complaint, and hopefully they may or may not pick that up. You can even send that information to the uh, FDLE, or you can send it to the Attorney General, and SB1C, they don't have any jurisdiction. So, in constantly keeping the governor's office informed about the steps that I was taking, sending them information um, from election fraud uh, complaints and disputes of election, uh, they say there was no evidence. Well, I had ton of evidence. I kept President Trump informed. I had ton of evidence over the years. And I thank God that I started this journey documenting what they was doing. I even documented and got information how we've been using this system called Dominion. Voting. Marie Matthews approving that type of system for our counties. 
So when we have issues, if it had not been for what took place in 2020, we would not have had the type of governor who's now taking a stand to ensure that these people who are committing forward, which I'm praying that I have an opportunity this election cycle to file now with the Office of Election Crime and Security. And bringing these people to just, I hope that they can go back 25 years and look at these races and look at these complaints that have been filed and nothing had got done and go after these people so they don't think that they can escape the long arm of justice because they are cheating us. They're cheating our children. They're stealing America. They're putting people in who's altering our Constitution, who's altering our law, who's changing the very world right before us. We are a Republican form of government. A Republican form of government means we are a government that obeys laws. The Republican Party is the defenders of freedom, liberty, and this Constitution. We don't get a chance to decide. What, which law we want to obey and which one we want. So Governor DeSantis, in this moment in time, Rick, created this office. This office answered directly to him and his administration. So I'm looking forward to now going back and filing these charges against Ross and Osgood and all these other persons who I've had, who I have complaints, I've filed complaints, and hopefully we'll see that people who was cheated out of these seats can get these seats and get the compensation that they took from them and that the state brings suit. Even a, a criminal charges are bring suit and give the person that they took that money from and sue them on behalf of the state and recoup the money that they took that they was not entitled and they did not deserve because they did not win that election. So change is coming. Change That's is right. coming. I hope. And I'm going to pray to God. He, he put me there because it's going to be a, a, a new day when I'm in that office. That's right. That's right. I hope everyone goes to jail. I'll just I'll just summarize what you just said. I hope everyone goes to jail. So here's my uh, here's the next question I have for you. Now, this next topic this 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 involves uh, Carlos Faldi, and we would have never known about this 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 these uh, this these two situations un- until. Uh, someone said Donald Trump endorsed Carla Spaulding. Okay, so you went on the internet and, and tried to find it. You couldn't find it. I went on the internet, tried to find it. I couldn't find it on Facebook, Instagram, all these other places, and you know the local news, uh, Metro, you know Miami Miami Dade News, uh, Broward News couldn't find it. But what I did find was two interesting uh, media events. And one was a debate back in 2016 with, um, she was debating Brian Mast and it was Carla Spaulding. I think it was one other person. He was a Democrat. And I think Carla was a non-party affiliation, NPA. And on this YouTube video, and everyone can see it, and and I captured the video, I downloaded the video so people can't say it didn't exist because I got a copy of it. Uh, Miss Spaulding was not for Donald Trump. Miss Spaulding donated to Marco Rubio. 
Miss Spalding was not for building the wall. She said, and I paraphrase, that the wall would be ineffective. And I believe she said it would never get a, it would never get done. Okay, so partly it would never get done because Donald Trump ran out of time. But she said it was not. So in other words, she was against the wall. Uh, <laughs> that's not a metaphor. <laughs> she was <laughs> she was not for the wall that Donald Trump wanted. I'll you know use these words like against the wall. That's uh, Michael Jackson's song. So I don't want to get sued by Michael Jackson's uh, group. But the other thing that I found that was interesting was uh, it was a um, an article when she was running, I think it was maybe 2018, where she said uh, this race is going to be won by her because she's not a white male. And again, that's a that's a paraphrase of the article. And, I, and that article will be uh, linked to this podcast episode. So the thing I want to just say, add to it, you know, if you got something you want to add to it, is that we would have never found out about these two uh you know links on the internet but it was for someone lying and saying donald trump had endorsed carla spaulding your thoughts okay okay so i don't know carla spaulding like i know you i know that i've been out uh, since the 80s i've been out fighting in our community i've met a lot of people I've met a lot of national people, and I've met people all, all over all this country, and I've never seen Carla Spalding. But I do know Carla Spalding. I know she runs for office. She never wins the seat. She, she claims that it's because of election fraud, but I ain't never seen her out here fighting with me because I've actually been fighting election fraud. I've been pushing it around the whole country. All the uh, Secretary of State, all the, the Attorney Generals, I've been pushing this issue for a long, long, long time, but I've never seen her speak out and speak up. And she doesn't speak up and speak out. I do know that she's an opportunist, though, because when I was out there protesting on the streets, and you know, I, I posted a lot of pictures of myself uh, protesting what they was doing to Donald Trump. I never seen Carlos falling at one of those rallies. I never seen a whole, any sign, but then now uh, she's running again. And, you know, now she says she's for Donald Trump. I actually was out there. I could have I died supporting Donald Trump because back then it was very ugly. It was very heated. You have people driving by, cussing you out, throwing things at you from their car windows. I didn't see her out there. And a lot of people can attest to that. So, but, you know, when she first started running in 2015, uh, she... Uh, Started off as an independent, a Democrat. That didn't work for her. And she just went down the line. Now, being a, calling yourself an American first candidate, that work, that's worked for her. And I'm, that's working for her. And I'm saying that respectfully, Rick, since you're talking. We are real people, right? This is real people? Yes, sir. And uh, since we are real people, she, she, so now she's with Donald Trump. She went to an event. I was at that same event, except for I wasn't there to campaign. I volunteered my time because that's what I do. I was an usher at this event, the American Freedom Tour. They had it at Sunrise at the BBT Center. And uh, she was, uh, she came in my section. I was sitting people. And they was on the floor, but then they ended up in my section. 
And I tried to stay out of the parties because I'm giving back. I didn't put pass out. One flyer I didn't pass out. One petition. I didn't even do anything to get behind the, the, the scenes because I knew President Trump was there. But when I seen her and her, uh, her entourage, her team, go back in the back, I knew that they was going back to try to steal the show because I was on this big screen. I was there all day from 5 o'clock that morning all the way to 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. that night. And because I was actually on the floor, I constantly ended up on the camera. I, they constantly kept uh, facing my my saluting the flag on the camera because I was standing in the middle of the floor and I'm not ashamed of the flag. I love America. I love I love my God. I love our Americans. I just love America because I'm I'm a man foreign citizen. Carla comes from a different place. The place she comes from believes in democratic socialism. That's what they practice over there. So actually when she made that comment about the wall she made that from the philosophy of what she's used to seeing and what she's used to. So I don't blame you for that. But in, here in America, we believe in freedom. We believe in liberty. We just believe in the rules of law. We believe in defending our constitution. We believe in standing up for our Second Amendment rights. We believe in advocating for our small businesses. We believe in school choice. We believe a parent and grandparents should have the opportunity to choose how the children are taught. We believe in safe communities and safe neighborhoods. We believe in election integrity. We believe that here in the United States. So oftentimes you may have a, a different point of view because of where a person comes from, what, what political philosophy that they come from up under. So I see things the way most of Americans see things, that our liberties and our freedoms and our rights are being taken from us because of we're, they're now trying to put us under communism and put us under socialism. And this is the, the mindset that she has. It's not the same mindset that I, you, and other people have. It's a totally different mindset because we come from two totally different political philosophies and, or political beliefs. So she now she's with Donald Trump. He wasn't with Donald Trump. When he ran when he first ran for president, she was with uh, Marco Rubio. Because he's in more line with with, with her what she knows. And mm -hmm. Donald Trump is a white male. Uh he's an American. She didn't see herself siding with him. So that's why she made that comment. And that's why she came back and said that no one's gonna vote uh for white men. Uh which natural born citizens should be the ones running for these seats because they're under the citizenship clause. I've written Carlos Spaulding. I'm an American first candidate. I asked Carlos Spaulding in an email, are you a citizen? Because I was reading on your website, you said that you are American citizen. That was my first inconsistency. That's why I asked her the question, are you an American citizen or not? Because if you're an American citizen, which I heard you from a different place, show your, either your American citizen birth certificate or show your nationalization paper. For for a whole year, she refused to give me anything because she don't think she has to. I'm an American. I will show you my birth certificate tomorrow if you ask me to show it. Matter of fact, I think that we need to make sure that anybody running for, for these seats in Congress, they should be vetted. They should, we should know whether or not they are qualified that they're citizens to run for these seats. You know what? what, you know believe, what man? I'm just one thing. We should post your birth certificate. <laughs> Amen. We should post your birth certificate. I don't have an issue with that. 
outpost mine. My, my, my family background is is from Haiti, and my mother's side of the family is has a has a, a background from Cuba. I'll post my my birth certificate too. Born at Tampa General Hospital in Tampa, Florida. I'm proud of being American. And proud, proud to be an American. American. I'm proud to be an American because America's all we got. Okay, it's okay. Can, can you know. say it again? Are you proud to be an American? I am proud to be an American. My name is Rick Napier, and be I am proud. proud to be an American. I'm proud to be an American. That's right. We are proud <laughs> Americans. So here's the last sign. Here's the last sign. Okay, so you're running in District 25, and that is predominantly or totally Broward County. Now, you have yeah. talked about um, something happening in Broward County. I can't remember the guy's name, but the reason why I want to bring this up, and you can say the guy's name if you want, but I'm bringing this up to voters because uh, they, there there has been a lot of election fraud. I mean, it's been documented in Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Georgia, Nevada. And I can tell you here in California, we have voter fraud. Okay, so so in other words, if you if if you if you are a listener to this episode, just think about all the big metro areas where most people live and connect the dots. And you can probably come to the conclusion that Phoenix, Maricopa County, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, those two areas, uh, DeKalb County, uh, Cobb County, and whatever other county that's that's there in um, in, in Georgia. Uh, what else? Michigan, Detroit, Wisconsin, Madison. So where there's a big metropolitan area. That's where most of the fraud cases and a lot of these court cases and some of these investigations have been going. That's why Ruben needs everyone to go to his website at ouryoungforcongress.com and put in their name, phone number, email address, zip code. I think that's most of the items that you need to put in and start helping Ruben build a pledged voter database. Also, you can, you know, please donate. Ruben's not going to buy rental property in Palm Beach and Broward County. He's not going to go out and, and lease a Mercedes-Benz 500 or 600 SL. He's using the money to fund his campaign where, uh, you know, others are doing a lot of interesting things with the donation money. And, you know, and I recommend if you are a voter... And you are interested in where your donation money is going to a candidate that you that you've uh, donated to go to fec.gov that's the federal election commission fec.gov it will show your candidate if you look for it it's real easy to find look at how many donations they have received and more importantly click the box that shows how the money was dispersed, like their donation, their campaign expenses. So, Ruben, please talk about anything you want to talk about, about some of these election officials. All right. So, you know, our supervisors of elections are supposed to be nonpartisan. They're nonpartisan because the Constitution is uh, is blinded. Constitution doesn't recognize uh, Democrat, Republicans. Uh, the Constitution recognizes citizenship and it recognizes 
uh, those elected officials that are placed in, inside the uh, the uh, the document. So supervisor election positions did not state constitution. So that makes that position nonpartisan. But we have a, a supervisor election in a lot of these counties, and they're claiming to be partisan when uh, they on on our state uh, constitutional form of government, our state government, our state constitution. They're supposed to be colorblind. They're not supposed to be placating to anybody's party. Uh, and this is what you have in Broward County. And I think that's why they're trying to push uh, Debbie uh, in Broward County, because they know that that supervisable election, as he have already proven in the last election, uh, he was so partisan that he actually participated uh, in the canvassing board. I mean, was really, really active in trying to uh, you know, ensure that the person that he support, which he's not, she shouldn't be supporting anybody because our election should be fair and impartial. But he was actively involved in trying to help the person that he supports get elected. And I'm at the position now. If our supervisor of elections are officials, they're not going to obey the law, the state law, uh, the general law, because I know that we have a lot of counties and they operate on the resolutions and ordinances. Uh, they can, they have, uh, uh, on the home rule charter, uh, they have sovereignty because that charter is like a county constitution. But if they're not going to obey our state constitutions and our, uh, general laws, then I don't see any, any use for having that position anymore. I think that if we're going to allow these local officials to take the elections, to violate our election law because it's a law that they're violating. So it can give the competitive advantage to the person that they support or the person with the well finance campaign. Florida law states that early voting is seven days. Matter of fact, you don't even really need early voting. Elections could be a one day event. But because of where we are right now and trying to give their candidates, their, their partisan candidates, that they think that they should be supporting, trying to give them more time. Our general law under that, I mean, I don't know, I forgot the statute, I have to go look. It says if you're going to do early voting, because that's at the discretion of the local supervisor of election. If they're going to do early voting, then they can do early, early voting seven days. But what they're doing is giving 14 days early voting. And that's not even in our state statute. Look, look it up. It, it, there's a section that deals with early voting. There's a section that deals with general elections. And you can see their complete violation of the law. And this is how you determine fraud. Our fraud has been hidden because we've been allowing the lesson laws to be violated. When they say, well, show me, show me the evidence. The evidence is in when a state official when a supervisor of election don't adhere to our general law, the general law says three days voting. They give eight days of voting. That's where you find the election fraud. You look at where they are, they are circumventing and violating the law. And this is how I approach, when I file my disputes, I research the law. I make sure that I'm on point because I'm dealing with 102.168. Though that's the, the statute for disputing the election. Now these disputes should go straight to the House of Representatives. 
or straight to the Senate. But they got it now going to a circuit court judge. And you can't get from ground, uh, you can't even get off ground zero because the circuit court judge is a local circuit court judge. He's in bed with them. He has a vested interest of protecting the election because he's elected and he has to go the same way. So if he don't stay the game, he may not be there. So you have a lot of fraud taking place because of the violation of the election law. If you go back, like I said, and research 102.168, you'll see where a lot of these local supervisor elections are not serving in the best interest of the state because they're supposed to be assisting and helping the Secretary of State do their job because the, the counties now are so big, you have more of an impact because you have a lot of voters now. So they they've been on these local supervisors of elections to assist them. They run the elections in Tallahassee. The Secretary of State, Laura Lee, she's over our elections, but, they, but she supervises elections to help her do the job of ensuring that we have voter voting integrity or election integrity. And you'll find a lot of our problems is because of the supervisor election uh, not enforcing the law. And, you know, when, when you see balance harvesting, when you see people committing ballot harvesting, and when you make a complaint against a violation of the law, they're supposed to investigate, not this supervisor election. He said he's not going to investigate one complaint about ballot harvesting. He's not going to investigate one complaint about absentee ballot fraud, and he's not going to investigate mail-in ballot fraud. Matter of fact, he's going to make it where they can vote by mail-in ballot. He's going to make it where they can vote by absentee ballot, causing people to break the law. Absentee ballot is this. You're saying that you're going to be absent, that you're not going to be in this state or in this city to vote, and you want to vote by absentee ballot. So that's what an absentee ballot is. If an absentee ballot is not you make a request for absentee ballot, you fill it out, then you go and take it and drop it off. That's not how an absentee ballot should be used. So that's, that's one violation there. Mail-in ballot. You're saying, hey, whatever's going on, I'm here, but there's something going on down the precinct like a, a fake damage. I'm not coming down there. I'm not going to expose myself to that. So I'm asking to vote by mail. Voting by mail is this. You fill the ballot out. You put it back in the mail. You send it through the post office. The post office forwarded to the supervisor election. Because that's how you vote by by mail. Vote by mail. It's the definition. So in those definitions, when you allow supervisor election to change the law, unwritten law, change the law to fit wherever they think that there's discretion, because they have discretion. The law gives them discretion. But because they have that discretion, they must still make sure that our election laws are, are adhered to and obeyed. So that's why we have the kind of, kind of problem that we have. And in 2022, that's the most serious election. And we have to ensure that these supervisory elections are on point and that they don't allow the stealing and the cheating that goes against now the new law, SB90. SB90, the new law to ensure that we have election integrity in the state. Because we're having people running, winning, and they don't even have America or Americans at their best interest. So that has to stop and it has to change. And if they're not going to do it, then we as a citizenry, we need to look into some other alternative. Because if they're not going to make sure our election laws are, uh, are obeyed, then I think that they might, may have served that purpose. That's right. See, and that's why I'm going to repeat. And that's his, and also this is why I am sending this podcast episode to Governor DeSantis. In fact, I'm going to call his office 
Monday morning. And I'm gonna I'm gonna let him know. I'm gonna send because see I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a Florida native and maybe coming back within the, the next six months to a year. And I don't want to come back to a, a state like I left in California. And just to let people know, California has about 25 to maybe 28 million registered voters. That's a lot of people. Vote people listening to this episode needs they need to know that on election night, California calls the races in about 30 to 45 minutes after the polls close. How can you have a great uh, or an accurate uh, uh, count of who won the race 30 to 45 minutes after the election with the state with the 25 to 28 million uh, eligible voters? See, that's they do, why. They do the same thing in Florida. Same thing. Yep, that's why I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna call Governor DeSantis' office and let him know about this podcast episode. Because those people who are doing that, who are stealing our life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, they need to go to jail. And they need to, they need to they be in jail for a long treated. time. They're overthrowing the country. That's right. So people who, know me, people who know me know that I will pick up the damn phone and call anybody that I need to call if, 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 if the cause is great enough. And this one is great enough. Ruben, uh, please close us out. Give your give people your website. Um, again, the website he's going to give you. He needs you to, to to sign up on his database with your name, phone number, email address, zip code, and please donate. Ruben, please close us out. Yes. Okay. I want to thank you, Rick, for having me on again. I want to thank you for an interesting dialogue, interesting conversation. Please go to my website. My website is ryoungforcongress.com, R-Y-O-U-N-G, F-O-R, congress.com. I need you. I mean, I'm in this uh, this uh, battle. Uh, we're trying to save uh, the soul of our nation. We're trying to ensure that our children have a bright a brighter future and that we return America back to law and order. And we can't do that. Uh, without you, so uh, please give me an opportunity. Go to my website, subscribe. We want to start counting our votes. Uh, we want to uh, uh, make sure that they don't cheat this campaign uh, out of the votes that we need to win and win big here in Florida against Debbie Washington Schultz. I don't care where Debbie go. I don't care what race she get in. I'm following Debbie because uh, I believe that Debbie's violating Florida's term limit. Uh, she's been there since 2004, and we have term limits. And a lot of these elected officials who follow under the term limit, they're still in these positions. They're still in their same position, and nobody's calling that out. Well, I want to call it out, but I need you to help get me there so we can make a difference. And I promise you, when I get to that Congress, I'm going to make you. So please remember, Ruben Young, rungyoungforcongress.com. Please go to my website and sign up, and let me know that you're out there supporting and, me. And, and hang you. on for hang on for a minute. I want to I want to add one more thing, because people sometimes think that it's the candidate that must do the most work uh, to to affect change. And I want to let people know that now in this environment, since this COVID pandemic stuff, Ruben is just the messenger. The voters, you guys are the messenger. The message. So, in other words, 
Ruben is the person that he can help solve the problems that are more important to you collectively voters than the problem is to Ruben as a single individual. So I want to make that point clear. This election is not like the previous ones where if the Republicans lose, everybody's still happy. Everyone still you know, can go on vacation. People can still you know, have barbecues in their backyards and, 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 and buy you know, new cars every four years or so. This election is not like those past elections. Those past elections, if the Republican won, the Democrats were mad for a couple of weeks, life went on. If the Republican won, the Democrats were mad for a couple of weeks, life went on. I'm going to say this just to make sure I got it right. If the Republicans won, the Democrats were in a, you know, they were like upset for about a month, life went on. This is not one of those kind of elections. If, if the cheating continues, if what you have seen since 2020 continues to 23, 23 and 2024, it's you can't blame Ruben. It's going to be the voters that have to look at each other and say, you know what? We didn't support Ruben. Ruben, Ruben was the guy that wanted to fix all this. But we sat on the weekends and waxed our boats and went jet skiing and uh, you know, and, and had, you know, dinner parties on the weekends. Now it may be too late if, if, if uh, you don't help Ruben. So helping Ruben helps you. I hope I made that clear. This, this race is not about you like hoping Ruben wins on his own and you're going to sit back and watch. No, this is about you, South Florida, you, Dania Beach, you, Hollandale, you, um, What's another city there? Hollywood, Hollywood. Hollywood. Yes, Hollywood. You know, yeah. this is this Hollywood. is you nine five four. Pembroke, seven five four area code. You know, cross mm-hmm. the cross the county line, right across the county line. West Park, West. Mm-hmm. This see, call it out. Mm-hmm. See. It's not just about me. It's not just my race. No, this is race. not about Ruben I'm at just, all. This is yeah, about you, 800,000 voters in District 25. If you don't show, you damn sure can't blame Ruben. If if, you're, if your life continues to spin out of control, if the Democrats keep this seat. If the Democrats keep this seat in 23, 24, it's not going to be Ruben's fault. Gas so, prices are going to go much higher. That's right. Unemployment is going to go sky high. That's right. Your small business, you small business owners who used to, uh, you know, you know, I know I'm in California, so I can say this with some clarity. You know, a lot of uh, Democrat small business owners thought it was just great voting for Democrats until they shut their damn businesses down in California. And now cities like Los Angeles are having a red wave in Los Angeles. Uh, They're having a red wave here in San Francisco. So please, like I said, this is not about Ruben. This is about the 800,000 people in District 25 and those cities that Ruben just mentioned. Vote for Ruben is really a vote for your future. So my name is Rick Napier, the president and CEO at Real People USA. My website is rpusa.org. Telephone number directly. I don't even hide my phone number. It's 726-999-999. Take care. Have a great evening. Make it a great week. 
starting, well, starting today, but starting Monday, do your thing, fight for uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Take care.